The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone. Well, wow, I'm ready to have a life that's intentional. What about you? (laughs) As a matter of fact, I love being on the show with all of you, whether you're listening now in current time or later time. We're always delighted to have you and appreciate so much your downloads of our show as well as sharing it with other people. It's just been such a great pleasure that we've had and it's been me and then Jeff as the manager, the station manager, and we've been having fun for a very long time and most of that is because you have supported the show the way you have. So here we are today and I just, I love the title of this book. And I'm just, I couldn't, I'm just so excited because, you know, uh, to be mostly new thought people, which means every now and then you have a new thought and fundamentally, fundamentally you believe in the abundance and laws of life working. It amazes me how little people do talk about money and abundance since that's kind of a key way of living our lives. So today we have Ezra Ogot and we are talking about her new book, Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. Ezra, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here, Temple. Just got back from Turkey, so a little bit jet lagged still, but now currently in Hawaii. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's, it's, it's just a real pleasure. And when I believe it was your publicist, or it could be the producer of the show, Andrea Dudley. But when I saw this, I went, what a brilliant idea. I mean, um, because, you know, so many of us were brought up as the opposite of, obviously, money does not grow on trees. But (laughs) we're looking for that tree that you're talking about. So (laughs) we're just so glad you're here. But give us a little background story. Why does this matter to you? Why why do you care about the abundance of of the world? Um, Give us some history of you and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, um, you know, obviously we, you know, end up always teaching the path that we've walked. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I was one that struggled a lot with the subject matter. Um, You know, abundance or money was always some sort of a, you know, struggle, whether it was, you know, the amount of allowance I could have from my parents or then when I came, you know, to be, to make it on my own to the States and I left everything, you know, family, job, everything behind just for the love of being in the U.S. and not having a work permit, this, that, the other thing, just, you know, really kind of all the time struggling, struggling to just make like basic rent in a little, little tiny apartment in, um, in Hollywood. And, uh, yeah, like having to do, take any kind of job on top of it all, not really being allowed to work and, you know, trying my best just to like eat and pay rent. But, you know, it didn't start with America. It was always kind of an issue. And, um, 
you know, I think I, I kind of uh, listened to the show uh, that you were just having, and um, from a being place, finally, I got so done struggling. I remember I was in my early 30s, and I remember a moment in time where I'm like, you know what? I am done with the struggle. This is no longer going to be me ever again. And that moment of decision-making or choosing, not an intellectual one, but one where we make it with, let's say, all of our being. We call that a being choice, a new being choice. When we make such a powerful being choice, the universe has to support it. It's like a moment, a turning point where all the timelines shift, who you are shifts, and with that, what you're going to experience changes. So I made this being choice to belong to prosperity after the contrast of struggle, struggle, struggle. And then, of course, soon after, as they say, when the student is ready, the teacher shows up. I say when the person is ready, the universe shows up. So shortly after that, maybe a week after, I met my uh, mentor, Daryl Rutherford. And very quickly, within the first or second session as a life coach that he was and ended up being my mentor for 20 years, I quickly found what my story was that was separating me from abundance all these years. And it was just a simple decision I had made when I was seven years old experiencing life. I won't go into the long story because it's kind of a long one. But just well, you with, can. You, know, you can if you want to. We love stories. Okay. Well, um, I'm seven or eight, and I'm, like, kind of listening to grown-ups talk in a living room, and they're just talking about how this uh, an arranged marriage that had happened in Turkey where a really young woman was married off to a very successful and old, older uh, doctor. And <clears throat> the way the conversation was going is like, oh, that's good. You know, a woman is smart if she marries into money. That's what a woman has to do. You know, these, this is like the older generation where, like, at, in their generation, when they were growing up, they weren't even allowed to work. So, of course, they're going to think that way. But this conversation going on and saying, oh, now she'll, you know, she's good for life. And a woman is stupid if she follows love. A woman is stupid if she follows her heart. And they're just going on and on. And I'm like, kind of like flabbergasted with what's going on and what I'm hearing and really disturbed. So I'm young and I can't really say anything. You know, it's the grown-up world they're talking. So instead I just go to the bathroom. I lock myself in. And I just look at the mirror and I say, you know, universe or dear God or, you know, however I saw it at that point. And I just clearly say, I will never follow the way of money and I will always follow the way of love. And mm. in making that decision as a seven-year-old, you see, I'm setting up my reality to experience it as if the two have to be separate. And mm. they don't. <laughs> I so totally hear I go, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of the same theme of, oh, you know, I think a lot of people in the spiritual realm also have this, oh, if I'm going to be spiritual, then I can't, you know, I can't be a part of abundance, which is like, it's just a belief system. I mean, it's absolutely not true. It doesn't have to be true. So when we make a decision like this, especially early on, and this doesn't have to be just about abundance. It could be about men. It could be about women. It could be about marriage. It could be about work. 
career ourselves. We make these decisions, but of course we don't consciously remember them a week later. But the mechanism of ego, which in our system, we don't make ego good or bad. We just see it as a function. The ego is there to keep that belief system and put it into the files for you so that you can be experienced as a reality by you due to the fact that you're writing that script for you. So that was one decision around money. And the other decision was, um, you know, growing up watching a lot of Turkish movies, always those old Turkish movies, every single Turkish movie had the theme that the rich people are bad and the good people are poor. <laughs> so as the on top layer of the belief system, I realized I had growing up watching those movies is like, oh, you know, if you want to remain pure, you got to say no to money. So when I discovered through the questionings and the way my mentor was holding the space, all these like kind of scripts I had written about money, what dawned on to me, which was like such a big, I, at first I was in shock. Second, I had the biggest aha moments of my life. I had to like lie down after the, after the <laughs> session because I realized, oh my God, here I am like almost in my mid thirties and I have successfully experienced exactly what I chose. So what I thought was a struggle, what I thought was like all this frustration, what I thought was like kind of life, I don't know, going against me, not giving me a break and all that kind of faces that I experienced, I woke up to the fact that I was the writer of that scenario and how precisely I had experienced my life exactly as I had chosen all my, as a seven-year-old, <laughs> really gave me this incredible empowerment and understanding on a very tangible manner. Wow, we really do create our realities very, very successfully, including the limitations, including the problems. And that, to me, was very, very empowering. And then at that moment, I realized, oh, okay, if I could successfully, you know, separate abundance and keep myself so successfully apart from abundance all these years, if I choose the opposite, I can experience that as successfully. And that's exactly what ended up happening. So, yeah, and then abundance became super easy. It was just like kind of flowing into my life. And, you know, I, I must say it was effortless. I mean, it didn't turn around in two seconds. There were still different pieces, you know, to work on. Uh, but in a very short period of time, abundance was like no problem. I mean, I even remember like where it shifted the most. In 2007, I was making $800 a month as a yoga teacher. By the end of that year, it was something like $15,000 a month. And then from there, it just like just kept going and going and going. So that's the story. <laughs> we and it's, create our it's, own, it's, you know, realities. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's such a, a dynamic story, and you you touched on you know so many profound things, and I know you elaborate more in your book. Everyone, I'm talking with Ezra Ogot, and you can go to the website Ike I K E and Ezra E S R A Now dot com. Ike and Ezra Now 
facebook.com or you can tune in to my Facebook page and get the address in there as well. Anyway, um, I, I love the subject. I think it's a subject we don't have uh, enough conversation about uh, or talk about. But I, I recall in um, early days of uh, new thought and different ways of thinking and working with spiritual laws and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, I recall putting myself through some of the things exactly what you're talking about of some of that programming um, that that I have adapted, you know, at an early age. Um, like, uh, how can someone drive such a nice car when they're on food stamps? You know what I mean? Like, well, who decided that? Where did that come from? Right? I mean, it, they're just made up stories that you hear from people. Or, you know, I heard one time when you criticize something, go ahead and expect for it not to be in your life. So mm-hmm. like you were talking about when you perceived that someone was wealthy. I mean, so much of it is perception. We have no idea behind the sign, uh, the, the, the behind the curtains, you know, if they're even able to, if they don't have cash flow issues or they could be in credit card debt, but have a lot of toys, you know, I mean, it's such a interesting thing, this dynamic of, of funds and money and what we think, but going back to me to rid myself of so many of those preconceived concepts uh, about funds was was really life-changing, really life-changing. And I love what you said. You you thought from time to time you had to choose one side or the other. When there's no sides, there's just abundance. Great work. Great work. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, it's no coincidence that, you know, my husband, when I met him, you know, he was a struggling actor and he was a waiter. So he was having money struggles <laughs> too, because it's like, you know, think about it. If the, if what I've decided as a seven year old is that money and love can't go together, obviously I'm going to get attracted to the people that don't have any money. <laughs> That's another thing. So it's like, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, I think, I don't like any more kind of speech as a limitation because I think, you know, we're so, we're, we're the universe individualized in the here and now and the body is the way I see people and humanity. So it's very important for us, you know, to kind of make a decision about something and experience that as a reality. And then at one moment, maybe wake up and say, okay, you know what? I don't belong to that anymore. Now I belong to this and then get to experience that because I think it awakens us to what powerful co-creators we are. And I really believe that's one of the purposes of life, to wake up to who we actually in essence are. So the limitations are as, as part of the important, important part of the game. So I'm very glad I experienced that, you know, limitation for a very long time because it's, it's, it was an amazing awakening for me. And it's so funny mm-hmm. because money was my enemy, so-called. Really, I hated money, but I wasn't aware to what degree. And that ended up being the precise subject matter 
that woke me up to empowerment. And it's a it different is, thing for everybody else. Right. It, it's so fascinating. Uh, for years, um, I don't know how many, a long time, <laughs> I've uh, always <laughs> carried one, one or two hundred dollar bills in my, in my wallet for years. And when I have had students along the way that have money issues, I have invited them to do the same because when you are, you know, going shopping or going somewhere and going, first of all, it fascinates me how long you can carry a hundred dollar bill and not use it. Okay. <laughs> Even if you are, yeah. oh, that's a hundred dollar <laughs> bill. You don't need to break that. But the, the bigger picture is that you always know that you have that. And of course, the bigger key is not to spend it, but to carry it um, or to have more than one banking account, you know, those, those kind of things. Um, but one time I taught a, an abundance class and you're here today as the expert. I just wanted to share some of my little things that I learned along the way that I did an abundance class and I went to the bank and I got the $2 bill and I gave everybody $2 when they walked in the door. It was very interesting. And then of course, asked them to go into breakout groups and talk about how they felt about that act of giving. And some people felt uncomfortable having it. Some people couldn't figure out what I was going to do later to try to get it back. You know what I'm saying? All their money issues showed up in just something as simple as a little $2 bill. Um, so I it's really, um, it is fascinating. I'm so glad that you've taken on this subject because we certainly need it. We need to talk about, as the title of your book, that money does grow on trees the myths we create and live by. And it's fascinating how little time actually sometimes people are willing to give this long-term chronic issue. Example, how many people do you meet in your life that I'm not saying everybody, not one size fit all, but I do feel a lot of people that have ongoing back pain, unless they've had an accident or something else, it's related to finances. Mm. Um, um, Campbell, I just want to, I just want to go back to what you said about the hundred dollar bill. I loved what absolutely. you said about the hundred dollar bill because that's that hundred dollar bill concept you're talking about was one of the pieces that you know moved me to prosperity as well. Um, you know, I was always like complaining, like, oh, I can't, you know, buy even even when I go to a bookstore, I can't buy all the you know books that I want. Like, what kind of a life am I living? Like, even buying a book is a problem. I'm not after the car. I'm not after the dress. I'm not after the vacation. But come on, I should be able to, like, just have as many books as I want. So I was in that, like, complaining mode, that lack mode. And I'll never forget my mentor, you know, said something very similar to what you do. And it's so simple, but it made such a big difference. He said, carry $100 in your pocket, just like you did. And every time you want to buy five books, say to yourself, 
yes, I can buy the five books right now with this hundred dollars, but I'm choosing not to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that got me out of that kind of sensation of victimhood in relationship to money. And it, it was a really empowering point. Very simple exercise, but it's amazing what a difference it makes. So and it, it does you, because it's changing, it's changing our, our consciousness, just like hanging out with multimillionaires and realizing over time that they also have times that they need to prioritize or they have cash flow issues. Yet you never hear of them say, I don't have the money. Exactly. <laughs> right? They exactly. don't say, I don't have the money because that creates more of, I don't have it. They say it's not a priority right now. So exactly. what you're, what you're teaching is so invaluable because if we keep doing what we've always been doing, we keep getting what we've always got, which is what we say we don't want, but we must change our language, change our consciousness. So that hundred dollar bill, so that just instead of saying to people, I don't have it. I'd like to go, but I don't have it. Just say it's not a priority right now. That's a much higher frequency, right? I, I think the other thing that fascinates me is how people treat their money. They don't treat it like they oh, love yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's wadded up. It's not folded. It's not managed. You know, you, you know what I mean? It's not tended to. Of course, to. of course. Yeah, I mean, for me, like finding my limited story around money is what changed that whole reality of, oh, finally arriving at a place where I am allowing abundance to come in. I'm the one who's allowing what is already there. And for my husband, it was uh, a different point. And um, I, I want to, like, make sure we can, you know, talk about something very practical uh, that people can use. And we've noticed over these years and years that we've taught and, you know, to other people and also from our own journeys, when we have negative belief systems about money that we don't even know we might be carrying, there's something very specific that happens. And people end up being in a consistent spender's law. And what the spender's law means is that the person, it doesn't matter how little or how much money they're making, because there's negative underlying beliefs about money, what are they going to do? Unconsciously, they're going to try to get rid of the money they get. So what they do without meaning, and I did it and my husband would do it, and everyone in, in the world that has a negative belief system of one sort of another around money does it, they end up always spending more than they're actually making. And you could be a billionaire and do this. You could be a millionaire or do this, or you could just be making $500 a month and be doing this. So when someone's in the spender's law, and we see like a lot of celebrities, for example, let's say they make $20 million per movie, right? And then like three years down the line, oh my God, they're broke. How can someone making so much money be broke? Well, just like anyone else, if the person has negative belief systems about money, they're going to be in the spender's law of spending more than they're actually making, which doesn't matter how much money you're earning just like pegs you into that 
I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, there isn't enough, I don't have mode. So it's very important to reverse. My husband, you know, uh, he, he switched his prosperity exactly from that. They were talking with my mentor at one point, and my mentor goes exactly what you said, kind of. He turns around and he goes, Ike, how much money do you have exactly in your wallet right now? Open it and count it. And Ike's like, well, I don't know. Then the mentor goes, well, do you know where Estra is today? Oh, yeah, she went, you know, she went to lunch with her mom. Why, why is it that you know where she is? Well, because I love her. Why is it that you don't know how much money you have in your wallet? Yeah. Oh. So that's the moment he realized his own relationship with money, that he, he doesn't care. And so it's, it's not a matter of being attached to money because being attached to money is a very kind of a weak energy. But just like everything else, money is just energy. And just like if you treat your lover in a bad way, they're going to leave. Well, in your relationship to prosperity and money, if you treat money in a bad way, he's also going to leave. Why should it stay with you? Why should it have anything to do with you? So getting out of the spender's law and do or die, doesn't matter how much the earning is, making sure that you have positive cash flow every single month, do or die, there's always more money coming in than actually going out is one very practical way to begin switching in the direction of the I have, I have, and there is, and there is. There is more than enough. There is more. Oh, look, there is more. Oh, look, there is more. Because that song itself is going to be the attraction point to having more abundance. Very simple sounding. It's incredible how hard it is for people to just practice this one simple thing. It, it's funny, you know, um, <laughs> it is so simple. And sometimes you wonder, well, is that the thing? Because it's so simple. You know what I mean? Because it is so simple to just start making a few of these uh, simple changes. I know a in the early days, a big breakthrough for me was going to a restaurant and not looking for the least expensive to make my choices, but to look for <laughs> whatever I wanted. You know what I mean? That was a that totally. was a huge breakthrough. We'll be back, everybody. Boy, we're engaged in this conversation today with Ezra Ogot. We'll be right back after this short break. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to our show. I do want to remind you that on August the 26th through the 29th of this year, um, myself, Karen Tedder-Good, Stowe Daly, and Mark Fuss are going to be at Unity Village. We're going to bring some shamanism to the village, and we are going to shift some energy and 
uh, and, and bring some real life to those of you who attend already knowing that you're alive, but you're going to have more when you left guaranteed. So, uh, go to the website, unity.org, look up retreats, love to have you and join me at temple Hayes or firstunity.org. We always like you to know what we're about today. I'm just having a blast because we're talking about how to move from broken brokenness to a level of thriving and abundance. And there's always enough. And I'm talking with Ezra Ogot and you can go to her website, Ike, which is her beloved I K E and Ezra now.com and find out what they're about. You can do one-on-one, but today she's talking about her book, Money Does Grow on Trees. And we would really all want you to know that. So Ezra, you you take the lead here. I'm making you a co-host in my mind anyway. (laughs) And you uh, share with you some of the every, I'm sure every aspect of your book, but we want people to get the book, work with it, uh, give us some key ideas of the book and how they've worked in your life. Yeah, so we were just talking about um, the spender's law, and it's a difficult one to get out of. Um, I, I remember when I was working with my mentor, okay, discovering the belief system that was that made me choose unconsciously to separate myself from abundance was one piece. And then he was, you know, when we were working, he was like, Esther, you got to get on positive cash flow. You just got to get on posi- positive cash flow. And I'd be like, really, I would like say to him, I mean, are you crazy? Like, how can I be in positive cash flow when $800 is all I make a month? And my rent is 800 Like, what positive cash flow? So, and we see it with the people that we work with. It's the point of resistance. It's the box that people don't want to get out of. Because we are very much geared to, you know, uh, be in the in debt, especially America and Turkey is like that too. We're like, oh, everything on debt, put everything on the credit cards, you know, buy now, and then you'll pay later. And this is a manner in which you know the banks make a lot of money, <laughs> and you're making the banks rich. So finally, when I got it. And I said, you know what, do or die, I'm just going to put $100. Like all we're talking about is $100, do or die, I'm going to save $100 every month. And previously, my mind would say, like, how is $100 going to make me rich? Like, who cares about $100? Again, that's the kind of attitude not to have towards money, like thinking, oh, little money, it doesn't really matter. No, it's not the money amount. It's the changed relationship to money that makes the difference. So do or die, I started putting $100 every month aside, no matter what it took. And I couldn't believe, again, how getting into positive cash flow with such a small amount so easily started kicking me into the space of like, oh, I have. Oh, look, this month I have more. Oh, look, this month I have a little bit more. Oh, now I have a little bit more. So it's not so much the $100 that's making or bringing prosperity. It's that changed relationship to money, changed song of, oh, there is, look, there is. That is essential for attracting more prosperity. And you can't fake it, (laughs) but you do need certain things in place to easily be able to be in that focus. 
And I want to give one example from one of our clients in the certification program we do. When she joined us, she joined the program by getting credit from the bank because she just didn't have the money. And when we asked her what her savings amount in the bank was, it was $2. That's it. So she was very much in the lack, 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 lack game and, oh, I don't have and, oh, it's hard. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. So one of the major things that shifted for her in the program was when her $2 of savings became $4 in the bank, I mean, we're talking about minute amounts of money. Instead of saying, I only have $4 in the bank, she chose to see that as, oh, I just increased my savings by 100%. Something so simple. Instead of I only have $4, oh, I went from 2 to 4 I increased my savings by 100% because that's also true. In a year and a half, she had $60,000 of savings and she had bought herself a new home. In just a year and a half. So that's the amount of power our shift of perception has. Because our perception and how we're choosing to perceive is the next piece that actually that focus is what creates our next piece of reality. Right. So, yeah, Bender's Law is an important one to get out of. It's amazing when some people get a new credit card in the mail, they think of it as cash. Yeah. Yeah, and when we don't know how to manage money and we're totally putting ourselves into debt the whole time, I mean, it's as simple as this. Debt and prosperity cannot coexist. You've got to choose one or the other. If you're choosing prosperity, you cannot be saying yes to a, being a person who lives on debt. If you're saying yes to being a person who lives on debt, you cannot say yes to prosperity. It's like you cannot be pregnant and unpregnant at the same time. You've got to choose one or the other. It's one state or the other. So, yeah, like for me, I would say one of the most important steps in the practical sense of beginning to move towards prosperity is to make a do-or-die do decision about never having anything to do with debt ever again. So if the credit cards are driving you into debt, cut them up. Don't use them. We got hordes of people in Turkey through my husband's book because he's so funny about this. Um, it, was, it, it was really hysterical. Hordes of people that just cut up their credit cards. Because if you don't know how to manage your money and you're driving yourself into debt, then don't use your credit cards. If you are using your credit cards, make sure you pay them off at the end of every single month. Otherwise, you're just paying money for nothing to the banks. You're making the banks rich. Why? Why would you do that? And, you know, one of the things I learned years ago is that when you... When you pay 18 to 25% on the dollar and you bought something with a credit card on sale, it wasn't on sale. It really cost you more money. Of course. Mm-hmm. 
Very, very good point, of course, because the banks aren't there to, like, help people. They're there to make money. And so right. if you're living on debt, instead of you making the money, you make the money for them. You're basically working for the bank. So we're not saying, like, credit cards are bad. I mean, if you know how to manage your money, then sure, if you're paying, like, 5% interest rate, let's say, you know, to the credit card, and then using your money that, you, you know, uh, to make, I don't know, 8, 8% return on the money, while by using the credit card, you're actually now making money. But that comes after, once you've already, you're already in the perception and the beingness of learning how to manage money. Very, very important. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the last thing that I really want to say, there's like so many different pieces to go into Temple, but, you know, it really boils down to something this simple. If you're able to feel prosperous before you even are, you will create prosperity. And nobody believes it can be this simple. I didn't believe it could be this simple. But when I kind of like a psychopath went into the direction of feeling prosperous no matter what, and what helped me was like doing my gratefulness exercises every day. I would sit down for 15 to 20 minutes every day and just like look around in my house and look around what happened that week and just constantly be in the state of appreciation to be able to activate that I have, I have, I have, I have story. And I remember in 2007 when I started this and we started together with my husband, we just vowed that we would do this for the whole year. At that point, if I was making $800 a month, I'd be like, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm making $1,000 or more every single month. Oh, I'm so grateful. This is just flowing into my life so easily. Oh, I'm so grateful, like as if it's already happened. And when I could work myself into the state, it would feel like it did happen, whether it happened or not in the outside. And not surprisingly, sure enough, all of a sudden that $1,000 would happen. Then I could go to 1500 Then I could go to $2,000. Then I could go to $3,000. Then I could go to $5,000. And it was just amazing through being in that state of gratefulness consistently to see how powerful our own change of state creates our reality, how powerful, powerfully the words that we speak with belief and feeling can create and weave the next step. So that was also a very, very important uh, piece in terms of the consistency of practice. And everything, you know, I spoke eventually happened. And, you know, when we teach, it's not like I have anything special going on. When we teach our clients how to do it, the same thing happens to them as well. And really, I, if I had a magical wand and I could, like, hit everybody over the head with it, really the thing that I would love to see it is, you know, abundance is truly effortless. It's there as long as we are choosing not to separate ourselves from it it easily can belong to you. I just wish everybody could believe that because I didn't believe it, and then I chose to believe it, and then I, I have seen that it is true. Did you ever think your life would be this magical? You know, 
there were times oh yeah like there was there there was it it depended on my frequency if my frequency was high i would have you know so much hope and so many dreams but then you know in that whole struggle sometimes i would like drop to the pits and feel like oh my god i don't think i can make it in this life this round you know so i definitely experienced both both opposites up and down many many times with your book <clears throat> how long has your book been out uh actually it just came out like technically it was put onto amazon i think like beginning of june but for a long time people couldn't click on it or buy it so that uh-huh. was like i think opened up about a week ago <laughs> so i think now people can buy it everywhere so uh yeah technically at at the beginning of june it was already on on amazon well i i just really love what you're doing and i i love what you're about and um and what you stand for and uh there you know there's just a, such a need for it because um to focus on ending the concept of poverty and the reality in many places of poverty in the world is a beautiful thing you know to to have more of that domino effect of how to create a level of being independent and not uh feeling impoverished or not enough or all the things you know that that's the profoundness of finances is um that it stirs up so many different levels of our psychology you know it's um and it, it's one that you know you can you can hide if you will do you know what i mean because you can yeah pretend or live off credit or you know whatever it can be like a secret of how well you perceive yourself doing or not doing so it it creates an energy and and then the opportunity is you know in what you're talking about is just pure freedom um do you i uh, know that uh you and i have been you know doing these kind of uh, conversations for a long time does a story come to mind uh where someone has discovered freedom or made progress from using these tools of course yeah because um we we have a certification program at the moment it's it's uh in turkish like we haven't opened that up in the you know in english yet but we will through the book so each year we have about 200 people that sign up and they go through the program that lasts for like over an year over a year with us and yeah there there like such stories with 70 or 80% of them um the one that comes to my mind right now as you ask is uh again someone who in certification discovered her story about why she was separating herself from abundance uh, she's a little girl riding you know with her parents and her parents are talking about a friend who i don't know won the lottery or something like that who made money very fast very big and they're saying oh my god he's lost it he's gone crazy like he's divorcing his wife this is what happens to people when they have money so her choice from that experience was like oh when i grow up i'm going to say no to money because i don't want to become crazy 
I don't want to lose it. So when she found out her belief system, which again is like basically an eight girl, eight year old girl perception, still leading and managing the money life, and she got out of it, she went from making four thousand dollars to then uh, something like twenty. She jumped to then thirty. Then all these mm. other things happened. <clears throat> It's, it's, she's, it's been two years since she graduated, two or three years. She's right now on the brink of possibly signing a $10 million contract. So, yeah, yeah, yeah baby, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, baby. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, freedom. I, I, love, I love that saying of um, Abraham Hicks. I think it sums it up so well. We are such powerful beings that we have the choice to uh, experience bondage. So it's a choice. And mm-hmm. it's all these different colors of life. Like I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing to experience limitation because that contrast teaches us then to jump from there. And it's all one big adventure and we're free as birds, including the right to limit ourselves. Yeah, we get a comparative then, don't we? If we if we have experienced limitations, then we can we have a relatability to others. And also we know that it feels much better. You know, it's like they yeah, say about I mean, joy. You know, yeah. if we if we did never walk through any kind of shadows, then joy might be ho hum instead of a real divine gift to really know joy. And even more so than to know joy in the midst of sadness simultaneously, then we're really talking, right? Completely. And I think both like, you know, I think, you know, we, we put such negative labels on certain emotions and certain experiences. And really it's like, you know, we're here to experience hopefully the whole, all the colors of the rainbow. And the blue is as beautiful as, as, as the pink. And, um, you know, as Shakespeare said, nothing is good or bad, but thinking it makes it so. So, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if, if, if we're choosing a video game, you know, and we've mastered one level, we're not going to go back and play the easy game. You know, we're going to up-level ourselves because that challenge is fun. And I think it's the same with our, you know, souls. We come in. And, uh, you know, whether from the other side or while we're currently here, you know, we set up ourselves for certain challenges um, so that we can become more, expand more, realize more, awaken more. So in the big picture, all is well. It's very powerful. You know, when you were talking a while ago, I, I worked with a, a, a prosperity teacher along the way. And we're, we're going back to when people actually wrote checks for everything. Remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Remember that when, uh, you know, people had horses and carriages and they actually wrote checks for everything that they purchased. And we did a practice where in the four section of a check that you were writing, you would put these letters and and so can you imagine but it was so powerful we put these letters i g t t i m g o m g t s 
and people would say, what in the world is that? I give thanks that I may give of my good to share. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Isn't that something? Like but that. we put it on every every check that we mailed to each and every bill or, you know, I mean, some bills are just given with power or phone or, you know, whatever, or grocery. And it would, it would go on there and it really made you think, I give thanks that I may give of my good to share. You know, what a blessing that I have this to give and to share. And um, uh, one of the wealthiest men that I've, I've known in this human form, as far as personal and really close, a deep relationship would, would you know, hand out large sums of money. And he would say, it, I don't really own it. You know, I, it's just, I'm a catalyst for it. Beautiful. I'm a catalyst for it. it. And the more I keep it yeah. moving, the more it moves towards me. And it's just, um, it's so powerful to hold that, hold that reality. Give us another great piece of wisdom from your book. Money does grow on trees. Um, I think, you know, money does go on trees. The book is, you know, as a general theme, it is about prosperity, but more so it's about discovering our belief systems and how we can become um, better conscious co-creators of our reality. Mm. So I think one of the really important things, uh, if I were just to say two things, when we intentionally want to co-create our reality is a high level of excitement. It's very important if we want to create something that we're excited about it. So obviously, if we have negative belief systems about money or negative belief systems about, say, relationships, we're not going to be in that state of high excitement to move forward. And then because we're lacking the excitement, because of the belief systems, we're going to sit back and say, well, it's not happening for me. No, if you're really super excited, you're allowing yourself that space, it will happen. So it's high level of excitement minus attachment. We cannot have anything that we are attached to. Because in the attachment relationship, we are setting ourselves up for poverty. So we're, if we're attached to more money, we can't have it. If we're attached to more success, we can't have it. If we're attached to having a man or a woman in our lives because, like, we believe we're nothing unless we have a relationship, we can't have it. So it's very, very important also to work on ourselves. Like, how can I, whatever the subject matters, it doesn't matter. How can I create high levels of excitement and simultaneously detach myself from the need to have? And with that, I want to finish um, with a great saying from my from my mentor, which really like created an aha in me at the time. And he would say, you know, Esther, what's the difference between true prosperity consciousness and not? And I'd be like, what? <laughs> when you're in the true prosperity consciousness, you don't need to have. When you're in poverty consciousness, you constantly have to have. And that's the difference. So from there, I got it. 
how important it is to be self-generating that sense of prosperity. I already have. I already have. When we can believe we already have, when we can give ourselves what we really want, let's say love, or whatever the subject might be, when we make ourselves rich from the inside, the outside life as a mirror has to reflect that and that is law. You teach it, girl. That's really <laughs> <laughs> Tell it. Oh, Teach it, it girl. <laughs> uh, so um, it's so wonderful what what you're doing. Um, you and I can, you know, when you go to the website, everybody, you can also follow them on on Facebook. They have like forty. Let me see, forty-seven thousand people. Uh, 48, no, excuse me, almost 49,000 people um, tuning in to them on Facebook and the various things that they they offer. You are such a delight, and it's such a pleasure to uh, connect with you and, and know that you're out there in the world and what you're doing is just really wonderful. And, um, of course, you know Dia Chandra Ray Hunter because she only knows great people. So I'm just grateful <laughs> at this moment, at this uh crossroads we call life that uh, we had the good pleasure of meeting i want to thank you so much for being on the show today and bringing your values to the world it's really awesome and money does grow on trees and thank you for reminding us of all of that everybody get the book go to ike ike and ezra esra now.com and pick up this book and share it with your friends and family great birthday gift and thank all of you for being intentional Uh, Join me now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.